This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner and this week we are going to talk about uh, Bible stories that might actually help in this COVID-19 season that you might want to chat with your kids about. We're going to uh, have a question from our Facebook Live that we did. We did a whole Facebook Live on questions and answers and we're going to take one of those questions and answers about uh, struggling, (laughs) our kids struggling with church online and what do we do for that. And uh, we're interviewing Ollie Goldenberg, who has written a large number, a series of books called God's Generals for Kids. And they are absolutely fantastic and really interesting in this season. If you have kids who are uh, sort of casting around of what to do, uh, these books um, really uh, reveal something to us that I think is significant. And uh, so we're going to talk to him. And as always, there will be a question to start an interesting conversation. But first, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Bible stories that will help in this season. Um, I know many of us uh, sort of think, okay, this is it. We are in a weird season. We are in COVID-19 lockdown uh, season. Bible has got to have something to say about this. It's massive. And so we begin to search for the pandemic stories of the Bible. And so we're flipping through, flippity flip, 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 flip. uh, And we go, ah, plagues to get people out of Egypt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's interesting. And then we flip a bit further in our uh, Bible to, uh, oh, God punishing the Israelites with a uh, uh, sort of disease. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. So we uh, flip forward in our Bibles to huh, leprosy in the New Testament. Okay, that's just disease that lots of people had. Okay, and uh, flip forward a bit further into uh, pestilence in the end times. Okay, so... Not sure how many of those stories I want to share with my kids. And we sort of get stuck. We're like, well, what do we do with the Bible and a pandemic? Do we? Because those stories are not necessarily inspiring for the season. Uh, And we can easily feel stuck. And I... I just wanted to encourage you that the point of getting children into scripture is that scripture exists to encourage us, to teach us God's truth, to challenge us, to give us something solid to put our feet on. And so helping children find their experiences reflected in scripture is important. That is absolutely a fantastic thing to do uh, so they can feel part of a story, so they can see who God is in all of it. It's all really important. I would suggest, though, that rather than looking to just match the particular circumstance that we find ourselves in of the story, like looking at pandemic stories, therefore let's find pandemic stories, uh, I would suggest that we look at the feelings behind it. Not, is there a pandemic in a story, but what story in scripture helps me find out how to connect with God in the feeling I'm experiencing? When I think about that, then the span of what we can use opens up. Uh, I'm writing a book right now called Comfort in Change, which is a sequel to my book, Comfort in the Darkness. Comfort in the Darkness is about who God is in the dark. And now I'm writing a book for children about comfort and change, who God is in uncertainty and change. And it's been really great to discover some of these stories that are very applicable today. For instance, if your child is struggling with waiting and feeling in that 
in-between moment of what do we do, well then maybe going to Noah is your story. Really looking at that time when Noah is on the boat, he's isolated, he's wondering when it's ever going to end. This is in Genesis 8. And you could talk about what Noah was thinking while he waited, what doubts he had, how he spent the time. You could have loads of wandering, wondering together and seeing how did he feel after this experience? Where was God and what was he doing? It's a great conversation to be had around that. Um, what about if your kid is struggling with friendship distance? and not being able to be around their friends. Well, try explaining to your kid about the letters in the Bible, in the New Testament. Most of the New Testament is letters written by somebody to somebody else when they weren't together. Paul and others were writing to friends they loved who they weren't able to be with. And that's what you see at the beginning and end of almost every letter, every book in the New Testament. Romans, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, on and on. 22 books of the New Testament are people missing people they love and writing encouragements to them. Uh, read the beginning of Philippians, for instance, and chat about how he told his friends how he felt and where was God and what was he doing when these friends were apart. What about if uh, if the disease feels really big and scary right now? Um, you could try the story of King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, when the whole army was coming to kill everyone and the whole community stood together to ask God to do something. And he spoke to them and he told them just what to do. And when they did it, they found that God had already done a miracle. And you can wonder together with your kids about how they felt and wonder when God put in the plans uh, wouldn't put in place the plans to respond and when he was responding. And oh, there's so many things to think about in that story. Or if your children feel that they aren't doing very much, you know, where they're only small people in this huge thing and there's scientists solving everything and they're not, you know, they're just sort of pointless. Tell the story of Nehemiah. Um, Nehemiah inspired the people to rebuild the protective wall around them that had fallen down. It wasn't professionals who rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem. In the Bible, we see in the story of Nehemiah that it was just normal people who fixed the walls near their house with everyone doing their bit. The wall was there to protect the whole community, but everyone responded the community responded doing their little bits not just a few big famous guys and how is god asking that of us now how are we building a protective wall around our community doing our little bit Whatever the circumstance you're in, we can be encouraged by scripture and so whether you use the full bible you know your niv your New King James, whatever, or whether you pull stories from your children's storybook Bible, take the time to ask yourselves together, what are we feeling? And find a Bible story to help them take their next steps with God as you wonder together and process our feelings with who God is in that truth. So those are a few suggestions, but you'll have many more, many more. Um, but do that. Have a, have a go at saying, what are you feeling? And, uh, and what in the Bible um, speaks truth to me in that? 
question today, we're going to go to a recording that we did on our Facebook page. Every once in a while, we do some Facebook Lives. They're called Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. And uh, and we recently did a, a question and answer session that um, was just about the season. We let anybody come and ask questions about what they're experiencing in this lockdown uh, season. And uh, we answered loads of questions. I think we're going to release them as a bonus episode on the podcast as well. But we thought we'd just take one of those. Uh, and and share it now with you. So this is from our Facebook Live. You can see the video on our uh, Parenting for Faith BRF Facebook page. Uh, but for now, this is uh, one of the questions that we came that I think we can all agree is something that many of us experience. Um, my kid is finding online church very hard to engage with, particularly since there's nothing provided for kids by our church. And she just runs off and plays when it's on. So how do we help with that? Okay. First of all, we all join, we hug you, hug. Uh, Yeah, Uh, it's a weird format. I don't know how old this child is, so I'm gonna sort of answer for all ages, but um, if I haven't answered your question, please follow up. Uh, The first question that I would suggest you ask yourself um, is before we get to how to force your, get your child to do what you want our kid to do, um, is, is for us as parents to sort out in our hearts why do we want our child to engage with online church? What about this online church scenario is what we actually want them to engage with? And so for some of us, it's we want them to hear the sermon because it's just a time during the week where we all listen to the same thing and it challenges together. Other people are like, I just want them to smile and wave at people so that they feel connected. For other people, it's like, it's it's church and, and we just come and we do it and that's what we want to do. Whatever your reason is, think about it and be able to articulate it and practice if you have a partner at home or if you have a housemate or a phone call somebody just practice sorting that out because when we're only doing it for a should there's like a should it's church we should do it um there's that pressure of performance but when we go no actually it's really important that we do this because for me i love worshiping even if it's the sound of my own voice and however you want to articulate that it helps it when you are then explaining it to the child and making decisions about how you want them to engage um so first of all what's what's your heart for why you want your kid to engage with church what do you want them to get out of it and then you can shape their experience around it um and then i would suggest you think about the six stage circle and I don't have it with me, but it's in all the books and Anna will send you a link. Uh, And so there are like six ways of discipling kids. And so the first thing I would suggest is you're modeling it. Often we are so focused on managing the behavior of our children, both when like church was an actual meeting in a building, um, but when they're at home, we're so busy disciplining them that it becomes like casually watching a not very interesting television program. And so actually modeling, this is fascinating. I'm really excited to be here. I'm waving at everybody. I'm worshiping. I'm singing along. I'm taking notes if that's how you write, listen to sermons or you have your Bible out or you go, hmm, that's interesting. Like however you want to show that you actually are getting something out of that is a significant part. Now you can go, hmm, interesting. No, put that down. Don't hit your sister over the head. Uh, but that you are modeling some sense of engagement can help your kids. I've uh, heard back from many families who are like, if I look interested, they'll wander over and want to watch. (laughs) Because they always want to watch what's on your phone. So be like, "Mm, this is interesting. And they're like, oh, really? 
uh, frame, um, it's okay to name. Framing is when we say, this is what you're looking at. And I find sometimes kids can't articulate why it feels weird. Uh, I knew one kid who just kept saying uh, to his parents, it just feels wrong. And he couldn't articulate why it felt wrong. And, um, and there's something about um, framing and saying, I know it feels weird because we're not all in the same room. And that's what church is about, isn't it? Being in the same room. Um, but the reason why I like doing it is this. And the reason why we are doing it is because of that. And, uh, and so being able to frame for them why you want her in the room helps them understand and go, it's okay that it feels like this. And it will never feel like it was there, but we can grab a little snippet of it or something. However you want to explain it, framing is really helpful. Um, equipping them to engage is really interesting. Some of our kids hate being seen on the camera. They just feel exposed. So, you know, say like, oh, is, if that's what it is, then we can turn off our screen. After we say hi, we'll turn off our screen so no one can see it. Or um, it may be that they um, find the music like agonizing and don't want to sing along. Uh, or it could be that there's just nothing in the room for them to help engage. And so they're sort of twiddling their thumbs and feeling itchy. Uh, and so you can equip them. You can say, you know, actually, I want us to be here for this whole time, but feel free to use this, 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 this to engage with that. Um, and create opportunities for them to do that. Um, facilitate their engagement. If they're older and you want them to listen to the sermon, be like, okay, chocolate bar, tiny chocolate bar, uh, at the end of this, if you can tell me um, one interesting thing that the person who's preaching said that made you think, or um, one thing that made you go, huh, I've never heard that before, or one thing that made you go, mm, I want to try that. You know, feel free to, not bribe, but feel free to incentivize uh, something, but also incentivize what you want them to learn from it, listening to a sermon. Or you can say, look, I'd love for you to be here with the worship, but um, but I just uh, want you to close your eyes. If you want to close your eyes, or you can draw pictures, you can do whatever. Hey, you can you can engage with this however you want. Here's all the different ways you can. Uh, you choose. Um, and then give them boundaries. And I think sometimes we just go to boundaries, like we will watch church. But um, the boundaries can be more helpful when you go, it's really important to me that we all sing together. And so what I'd like you to do is participate, sing for two songs, and then you can feel free to go. Or it's really important that we connect with people. And so I want you to wave and say hi and point to people and show up. Uh, and then uh, and then feel free to disappear, but I want you back at the end. Or to say, actually, we're going to do the whole thing but it's okay to be drawing or coloring because I know it's hard to sit still, particularly when it's such a small thing. And so um, feel free to set those boundaries, but to give specific boundaries is really helpful and to give their permissions and the freedom is really helpful. That This is what I want you to do, but this is also all the freedom you have. We have all these choices in it. And then feedback, how did that go? Did that work for you? Ooh, I really, what did you really like? What did you not like? Um, how did you connect with God this Sunday? How are you feeling about missing church? You know, all those bits to, to feedback about, not just that was a good service, but actually how did you connect with God? How did, what did one th thing that made you think and reflect that back and have those conversations. For our wild card section, I wanted to um, 
interview Ollie Goldenberg. Ollie Goldenberg is a amazing uh, minister to children and young people, uh, he, also to parents. He is the host of the uh, TBN program At Home with God. He also has a book called At Home with God for parents, uh, and he writes prolifically for children. He uh, is the founder of an organization called Children Can, and he... Um, wrote a series of books called God's Generals for Kids, which is sort of very dynamic written biographies of some really big generals, God's generals in the past of what they did for God and what their life was like and how they felt and what they accomplished with him. And I really enjoy these books because they, one, they pull women and men from the past. And so uh, you have some really um, wonderful stories of people from all different backgrounds from all different um, socioeconomic areas who listened to God and did what he said and achieved something beautiful with him. And, uh, and he wrote them for children. So we thought we'd interview him about what was his motivations behind it and why, because I think in this season that we're in, our children can often feel powerless or helpless. And to hear stories of others who are just like them, who um, listened to God and did great things with him, I think it's a real encouragement, particularly in this season. So uh, my colleague Anna sat down with Ollie. So I'm Anna Hawkin, I'm part of the Parenting for Faith team, and I'm here with Ollie Goldenberg. Ollie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, so I'm a father, husband, got five children of my own, and we lead a ministry called Children Can. Brilliant. And we specifically wanted to ask you today about your book series, God's General for Kids. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, so we've taken the lives of some people who've lived before, for example, Evan Roberts, the Welsh revivalist, and Smith Wigglesworth, Catherine Coleman. And uh, we've written their life stories in a way that children can access them. But when we've written their life stories, we've kept in the rubbish stuff that these people have done. That's kind of the Bible way of telling biographies. You see the <laughs> mighty man of God, King David, man after God's own heart, who committed adultery and murder. And yet, yet that encourages us. If God can use them, then he can use us. And when these kids read these biographies, we don't have any photos of Jesus laying hands on sick people and seeing them healed. But we do have photos of these people laying hands on sick people who are then healed by Jesus. And um, somehow it, this just connects kids back into the God of the Bible who's still working today. So we've got, we, we can tell you lots of stories of kids who've read these books and things that have happened. Do you want to hear some? Yeah, go for it. We'd love to hear those. All right. So one child, uh, their mum contacted me after they read uh, Catherine Kuhlman's story. And Catherine Kuhlman um, heard very clearly from God not to marry somebody, but she went ahead and married that person anyway. Mm -hmm. And uh, her life fell apart a little bit. The marriage fell apart. Um, but then God restored her and started to use her again. And uh, this girl came to her mum and said, how could God use her after she'd so clearly disobeyed God? Mum said this led to a whole week of discussing the grace of God and how we can mess up, but God can still forgive us. Um, another child, they read uh, the book of John Lake. And John Lake was used in South Africa to plant churches, saw 100,000 people saved in three years and many, many miracles. And after she read the book, she's like, wow, so God could heal my grandma who's got cancer. And uh, so she went and prayed for her grandma. And uh, the grandma had a scan, MRI scan for a tumor she had on the spine. And um, it had completely disappeared no just through way. that. So these books, they stir up faith in these children. They help them to see the God of the Bible is the God from 100 years ago, who's the God of today as well. And uh, yeah, it's great. We love them. We love them. Amazing. That's so good to hear. And why did you, obviously, these are particularly written for children and young people. What sort of age are they aimed at? So aiming them for the age eight to 14. OK. And um, why did you guys feel that um, it was important for that age group to 
to hear that? Why not just wait until they're adults? Yeah, well, there's a number of things. One is our call is given often as children. So uh, there was a statistic kicking around about two decades ago saying 90% of overseas missionaries receive their call as children. Wow. So it's that's the kind of the time when God deposits in it. And I, I read that and I think, well, where did that call get provoked from? Reading scripture, yes, but the stories of Hudson Taylor, the stories of these great missionaries who went off and did incredible journeys, Amy, Carmichael, they, they kind of stir up faith inside of people to say, when I'm older, I want to be like that. Um, many of the people who we've written about, they're more of the charismatic, Pentecostal, seeing the miracle signs and wonders type people. Um, and, and there are not many books that are written for children describing those things. But when the children read these, they're like, when I'm older, I want to be like that. But I don't want to make the same mistake that that person made. I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it that. So to instill that in our kids at a young age best time to do it yeah amazing and so uh, tell us a bit more about the books themselves how how many are there and who are the people so there's 12 books in the series i think about 10 of them are out already wow uh the first one is about Catherine coleman second one's smith wigglesworth the third one is john dowie who's a most unusual character god used him mightily and um, whenever he pointed to jesus uh, they tried to kill him they arrested him a hundred times in one year. That's pretty disruptive for your ministry. And um, they locked him up in a prison where smallpox victims had been. They put a bomb underneath his desk to explode it. The more they tried to destroy him, the more he pointed to Jesus and the better things went. His ministry just grew and grew. More people came to know Jesus. But then he started to put the focus on himself and say, I am the Elijah, the one who is to come. And he went way off the rails. Things went crazy. And uh, by the time he'd finished doing all of this, his ministry just shrunk and shrunk. So I, I love his story because it's the more you look to Jesus and point to him, no matter what other people do, you're going to be okay. But the more you look to yourself, no matter how good things are, it's not going to build God's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, so after that, we, we talk about Maria Woodworth Etta. Uh, we have um, Evan Roberts, Charles Parham. Uh, Evan Roberts was the Welsh revivalist. Um, we have the Azusa, leader of the Azusa Street Revival, William Seymour, um, John G. Lake, who we've mentioned already, Amy Simple McPherson, um, a guy called William Barnum used greatly in the prophetic. And again, near the end of his life, he went a bit funny. Um, so all of these stories, great stuff. Yeah. Great stories. Brilliant. And you've, you've mentioned a little bit at the start there about, you know, you've specifically kept in the the messy bits and the character flaws and all the bad decisions, all those kind of bits. And mm -hmm. what is the kind of reaction you get from both from children and from parents? Are people glad and relieved to hear that? Or are they, you know, shocked and and surprised oh no they're definitely glad definitely <laughs> glad and That's I, what I, I so quite a, quite a few parents read this with their children and i think the encouraging thing is if god can use them in spite of that mm. then he can use me too and it also stops us creating as if these these are divine creatures i mean elijah was a man just like us. He prayed that it would not rain, it did not rain land for three and a half years. That's the Bible. He was just like us. These guys were just like us mm. with their insecurities, with their failings. And yet God could use them in this way because they yielded to him. And for many of them, they just started to say, we're going to believe that what God says in the Bible, he actually means and it's true. <laughs> yeah. And after they did that, they, they started to see God move. So it's, it's definitely a faith building thing to see the flaws in these guys. Um, the other thing we do to try and keep it real is to use their language and their words as much as possible. So if they mm. are praying for someone and they say, I cast the demon out, we, we actually keep that phrase in. And I, for, I know for some people that raises a bit of an eyebrow of, oh, is that right? But 
Jesus does the same. Yeah. All through the New Testament, we read sometimes he lays hands on the sick. Sometimes he commands the demon to leave them. Sometimes. So th- th- this is for me, this is making it as real as, and as raw as possible. Whilst, whilst still obviously keeping it child-friendly. Actually, that's the reason why we suggest the minimum age to be eight, not because the reading level is too hard for a six-year-old, but some of the themes, like we mentioned Captain Coleman getting divorced. Mm-hmm. For some six-year-olds, that's something which they've not yet been exposed to. Whereas most eight-year-olds, they, they know of a friend who that's happened to, and it's kind of within their frame of reference. Yeah, no, that's really helpful to know. And so where can people get hold of the books? Okay, so they're available through any Christian outlet. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so uh, they're distributed through CLC Kingsway Trust in the UK, through Anchor in the US. Um, they're available on our website, childrencan.co.uk. We actually wrote these books, co-authoring them with someone called Robert Slearden, who uh, wrote a series of books for adults called God's Generals. Um, and obviously they're available through him as well if you live in the States. Brilliant. Uh, so that's God's General for Kids. Go and get yourself a copy. Buy them for an 8 to 14 year old, you know. Thanks so much, Ollie. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> and an interesting question to start a conversation with your child is this. Can you tell me a story of a time where you felt God asked you to do something? Now, their answer may be, no, he never has. Uh, And you can have a conversation about that. Uh, And if you have your stories of a time that you felt, you felt God asked you to do something, whether it's with words, whether it's just a nudge, whether you just felt an opportunity in front of you, I suggest you ask that question. Have you ever experienced that? Or can you tell me a story of when that happened? Um, because it's an interesting conversation. If the answer is yes, then you have a story to tell. If the answer is no, then you can ask questions like, how do you feel about that? And do you think he is asking question, asking you to do things? All those things. So have a go. I can hear my kids saying, mom, 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 mom. Hey, babe. I'm recording for the podcast. You want to say hi to everybody? <laughs> hi! And that's my kid. It's lunch. Have a good conversation. Bye! Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.